Hello and welcome. These conversations are all about living life with intention. I'm Stephanie Isabella, your host, and together we're going to talk about the different ways that you can add intention into your life, real, raw stories, and how adding intention to your life can also add a little bit of magic. So stay tuned. I'm so glad that you're here and press play today. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast. I have an interesting topic for you today. We are actually talking about why I don't live on purpose sometimes and why you probably don't live on purpose sometimes too. My hope is that through this episode, you will see that we don't always do things in our best interest, that we don't always do things for our highest good or our highest self. And I really hope that when you see examples, hear examples, learn about my stories, maybe understand a bit more about living on purpose, that you will have an abundance of grace for yourself along this journey, that you will be able to knock down those expectations that you're always perfect and always doing things by choice and living on purpose and always chasing your highest good. And you'll be able to be a little bit more human with this experience. So with all that being said, I am also keeping you up to date on this podcast creation. And my friend, I've got to (laughs) say... I am feeling torn, like absolutely torn. So you heard from the beginning, I was not committing to a weekly podcast episode because I really wanted these to be based off of inspired action, really when those thoughts and these um, ideas for how to communicate this information to you based off of the questions and comments that I get from you, I wanted that to be my base for creating an episode rather than tomorrow is the day that my episode needs to be updated. Gosh, I better go record something, which it's Tuesday night right now. And this episode is scheduled to be released tomorrow on Wednesday. And I'm recording tonight. I had an idea on Thursday. I was going to record a mini episode for you, but then I had this scarcity mindset sneak in. This idea that, well, if I record this one for a bonus episode, will I still have the ideas and information come flowing to me later for Wednesday's episode? I had an idea on Saturday. And quite frankly, record of my podcast episode has been on my to-do list. I don't actually call it a to-do list. I won't get into that right now. I will get into it probably another episode, but on my quote to-do list, it's been there for probably about the last four days or so. And knowing that this deadline was coming up started to make me feel anxious, started to make me feel not inspired, started to make me feel restricted with the amount of ideas that I have flowing in my brain, started to make me second guess which content ideas were going to most hit home and resonate with you and which ones were maybe not necessary for you. And all of this is happening because I've committed myself to this weekly podcast update episode, which from the beginning, my intuition was screaming, don't do it, girl. And then I started to really dive into this world of podcast creation, of of just creation in general, of listening to other people's ideas and opinions. And quite frankly, I felt very unprofessional with the way that I'm doing things. I felt very like 
laissez-faire comes to mind. I don't even really know what laissez-faire means, but I feel like it's the right word here. Just I felt very subpar to what others were doing around me. And that feeling of not being enough really made me want to commit to doing something that I thought would work well. But in the process of doing that, I had to really go against my intuition and really it brought me into that scarcity mindset. It brought me into that lack place where I just don't have enough ideas. So I'll tell you, it's not that I get into that mindset and that's like there's nothing I can do about it. I intentionally today focused on how can I get into that place of inspiration so that I can take action and record this episode. So some things that I do before every episode, I do a smoke cleanse with sage. I listen to The Blessing. That is one of my favorite songs to kind of just instantly get into the zone, get into the mood, bless whatever I'm about to do. Um, I go through my notes and just kind of organize things. And then at this point, my recording studio (laughs) is actually just my window ledge in my bedroom. So (laughs) I set everything up and get everything, put a bunch of blankets up to absorb any extra sound. Um, But I also did a little bit of dancing. I listened to some music that really kind of brought me up, got me inspired. And that got me to a place. I also talked to some friends on the phone today. I just really, my intention through the day today was to do things that brought me joy, to really connect with myself on a deeper level. I did a meditation this morning so that the inspiration would come for today's podcast episode. And for today, that works fine. But my friend, I also live with chronic illness. So there's a very real possibility that in the future, it would, uh, this same scarcity mindset would come in. I would push my episode to Tuesday to record it, to release on Wednesday, And maybe that's a day where I get a migraine and I'm in bed all day. And so I don't know where this is going. I'm not going to commit to (laughs) one way or the other at this point. I just want to be honest with you that we don't always lean in and listen to our intuition. Or we do and then we second guess it when we don't feel like we're good enough, when we don't feel like we're meeting others' expectations. That's exactly what I have done with this podcast and I'm not loving admitting it to you right now but I also did value or um, vow to be transparent and honest through this series so I know my little blunder here is going to resonate with somebody and hopefully help push you to do the thing even if you're scared even if you don't know what the heck you're doing because I mean does anyone know what they're doing no in my opinion No. (laughs) Okay, so that being said, if you do want to make sure that you know when new episodes are released, um, you're going to want to hit follow, my friend, and you're also going to want to come hang out on Instagram because every time I release a new uh, episode, I will be sharing about it on Instagram. So my Instagram is at stephanie.isabella underscore. Pause this episode right now. Come say hello. Come follow me on Instagram. That way you will know Regardless of what happens with my schedule here, if I stick to every week, if I add in more, if I change it all together, I will make sure to share about it on my Instagram. And if you hit follow, you'll also, like on this actual podcast, if you hit follow, you'll also be updated 
when new episodes are released. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews and you are digging this podcast so far, I would super duper appreciate a rating and review. It really does help my message and everything that we talk about here to be spread and shared with more people, which is ultimately my goal. Okie dokie, let's dive into why we don't live on purpose and why we might actually sometimes intentionally choose not to live on purpose, even if we know that we're not, even if we are aware of our choices. So let's talk about what living on purpose actually asks us to do. Essentially, when we choose to live on purpose, when we choose to intentionally, purposefully, consciously make choices in our life, it's often asking us to get uncomfortable now for a reward later. And by get uncomfortable now, it's often a get outside of your comfort zone. So I'm sure you've heard the saying, growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. But I think far beyond that, our comfort zone really does keep us safe. Our comfort zone really is that place that we know. That's why we're comfortable there because it's the stuff that we know. And when we are in the process of growing, changing, or transforming, which is likely what you're doing if you're embracing this concept of living on purpose with intention, right? And being an active participant in the life choices that you make, it can be really heckin' uncomfortable from the beginning because you are stepping outside of your comfort zone. You are not seeing instant reward, very likely. Very likely, you are seeing reward far down the future. So not only are you having to get uncomfortable and step outside of your comfort zone, but you also don't have much to show for it from the beginning. And it can be a discouraging place to be, which is why I always recommend that you connect with other people who are doing the same type of work. Connect with other people who are also invested in taking control of their life in ways that they're able. My friend, you know that's me. So you can always come say hi if you're looking for that kind of connection and support. But living on purpose and living on accident, as I call it, typically have different parts of the brain associated. So you can think about it like the fight or flight response. You can think about it like um, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. Like when we are conscious and choosing our thoughts, then that's often a time where we will embrace living on purpose, especially if it's something that seems clear or something that we're specifically working on. So let's say nutrition, for example. Um, I think that's a very tangible example to start with. So living on purpose would be you're consciously thinking about creating a change in your nutrition. So you're consciously choosing more veggies at dinner. You're consciously drinking more water, right? Like you're very purposeful when you're grocery shopping. And 
I think I've mentioned actually on this ep- this podcast before that I used to have snack accidents all the time. So that's just where you accidentally eat a whole pizza and a whole bag of chips and you don't really realize what you're doing. It's almost like a different part of the brain. It's that part of the brain that is very much focused on just stay here and be comfortable. Just stay here. You're safe. I'll keep you safe. It's like there's a perceived threat around us. And here, if you stay right here, you'll stay safe. So our brain's not necessarily trying to like screw us over or anything, but understanding the different ways that our brain works and understanding that our subconscious does hold a lot of weight can really help us see and understand the ways that we can change moving forward right? So understanding that our subconscious does play that role into whether we choose to live on purpose or whether we choose not to, because it is that subconscious choice. When I'm saying choose there, it's very subconscious. Understanding that that part of our brain is at work helps us to see the power in really doing internal work with ourselves to address our subconscious mind, to really rewire our subconscious mind. And the more work that you do with yourself to rewire your subconscious mind so that your subconscious mind is in line with your conscious mind, and actually I would suggest it goes a little further than that, your subconscious mind becomes in line with your conscious mind, but your subconscious mind also becomes in line with consciousness as a whole. So I feel like I've mentioned before this idea that we are all connected. And when you really have this connection of consciousness, of kind of everything going on around you and your subconscious and your conscious mind all kind of on the same page, that's typically what is referred to as alignment, okay? So let's see, if you are... Okay, I do really want to say this disclaimer and... I honestly feel awkward bringing it up and talking about it because I feel like there's a very strong opinion that I've heard myself before that I'm really trying not to bring this bias into this conversation. But let me just lay it out and tell you where I'm at. I believe that, gosh, even saying the word makes me (laughs) nervous and uncomfortable. I believe that we all have trauma. And I believe that trauma is relative, right? Everything is really relative. The joy that you experience is relative to the joy that you've experienced in the rest of your life. So when you say that you have a joyful moment, your brain starts to compare it to all the other joyful moments that you've had in your life. And so if you've never had um, a joyful moment as joyful as somebody beside you might have experienced, you don't know any different. Your brain doesn't know because it's all relative. And I believe trauma is the same in the sense that Our brain interprets many scenarios as trauma, whether it is as traumatic as the person beside you or not. Okay, so I do not say this to downplay anybody who has experienced some really heavy stuff in their life at all. That is not my intent. My intent is to suggest that we all have things to work on. And while I share a lot in the online space, I always want you to know that when you are addressing and dealing with your trauma, because like I said, you have trauma, 
you're going to want to deal with a professional. So nothing that I'm saying is ever a replacement for professional support, okay? And I think the reason that I have a hard time talking about trauma is because I know I've heard those opinions and perspectives that really believe that the word trauma is reserved for people who have gone through really horrific stuff. And it is never my intent to downplay any of those experiences, but it is my intent to empower you to recognize that it's okay if you are struggling and it's okay if your brain is interpreting something as trauma. All that means is that it's trauma and you're going to need some support with it. Okay, so I I wanted to say that disclaimer, um, kind of as I talk about some pretty heavy things and I felt like that message needed to get out there because I never intend to be a replacement for a counselor or therapist or psychologist or anything like that. Um, Okay, so let's get into some reasons that we would choose not to live on purpose. I think I know one that I hear often is motivation. So when you're starting something new, uh, again, let's use nutrition as an example, you're really starting to invest your mind and your body and your time and your energy into eating more nutritiously. And after a while, that excitement that you felt at the beginning, that motivation that you had to make a change fades. And when you don't have the motivation and you don't have the excitement anymore, well, now it comes down to a whole different level of having to choose to live on purpose or not. This is actually one of the biggest themes that I talk about inside of my studio with a whole bunch of women, fitness and nutrition, because motivation doesn't last. And if you're always relying on motivation to stay consistent with whatever you've decided to do purposefully, you're going to stumble for sure. And when you stumble, it's how do you keep moving forward, making those choices to live purposefully or not. And I think another big thing is Oh gosh, this idea of of not wanting to give up, to let go the current life or lifestyle that you have right now. So not wanting to lose where you're at. So again, you're in your comfort zone, which is nothing necessarily wrong with being in your comfort zone. But if you're looking for growth and you're looking for change and you're looking for transformation, you're going to have to bust that sucker and just get out of it. So when we're doing that, there's this pull back and forth where we're like, I want to get out of my comfort zone. I know that's what I need to do, but I'm terrified to lose what I have right now. And I have definitely felt that way before. And you end up with this indecision of, well, how bad do I actually want this thing? Or maybe I want this thing really bad, but can I skirt around the issue and make it work without it? So I'll give you an example of how this has impacted me, and maybe this will make a bit more sense for you. So when I first really started 
personal development, personal growth, and like really understood that it was like a thing that you could do (laughs) and that there were people all over the world growing and developing themselves, not in professional manners, but in personal manners, I was like, amazing. So I went to this workshop with one of my friends and I remember leaving that workshop. It was like a full weekend event. It was amazing, full of like hype you up. We break down some like really big walls and barriers, lots of internal work, processing. It was a great experience. And when I left that weekend, I knew that I needed to break up with my boyfriend at the time. I knew it. I knew that if I wanted the life that I just spent all weekend thinking, dreaming, wanting, desiring, I knew that that life was not going to be possible for me in the current relationship that I was in. So no, I did not break up with him right away. (laughs) I did not at all. And in fact, This wasn't the first time that I found myself in a relationship that I knew needed to end, but I didn't want the change. I didn't want to lose what I had. I didn't care how good it was going to get in the future, any promises that anyone had for me that it was going to get better, it was going to get bigger. There was so much more. There's plenty of fish in the sea, all those things. I was so comfortable in the relationships that I was in that I didn't want to leave them. And honestly, um, as I was writing my notes for this episode, I started thinking about all the ex-boyfriends that I had this feeling with. And um, I'm 29, starting from when I was 19, so just over the last 10 years, I can list off five different relationships where I had this feeling where I knew the relationship was over, where I knew I wouldn't be able to become the person that every single cell in my body was begging me to be in that relationship. And, you know, I tried the easiest ways out anytime I could. I'm not going to lie. This is not something that I found to be easy. This indecision really led to paralyzation. This indecision about, well, do I want to live on purpose or do I not? This indecision about, do I leave the relationship or can I still work on myself even if I'm in this relationship that I know is taking so much away from who I truly am? And I found myself so paralyzed and so stuck. Even to the point where I'm not going to get into the whole story today, but even to the point where I was in an abusive relationship, emotionally abusive, that was starting to turn the corner and become physically abusive also. And I found myself begging for him to stay. And if you have been in an abusive relationship, you'll understand that this is very common behavior. Um, I found myself really wanting him in my life, even though I knew logically that it was not in my best interest. And it actually took, he ended up in the hospital and I was sitting in at the emergency waiting room and a paramedic came in, totally unrelated. He was just dropping somebody else off and in, at the hospital And he saw that I was crying 
and he asked me what was wrong. So I gave him just kind of a little summary through my snot and my tears. And this paramedic who owed me nothing, who knew nothing about me, listened to my story. And I don't remember his exact words, but it was something like, you need to value yourself enough to leave. Complete stranger telling me this. Um, And then actually my boyfriend at the time, his mom came um, from out of town. She came to see him in the hospital. And so I'm still sitting in the ER like many hours later rubbing my shoulder. Like I just felt this was the first time that I actually noticed physical tension on my shoulder and really realized the correlation between our emotional body and our physical body. So I'm like sitting there like rubbing my shoulder so much and I just had this worst headache and I was just a mess. And this guy's mom said to me, what are you doing in a relationship that is causing you so much pain? And I mean, I I was still thinking, well, we'll make it through this. I don't want to lose him. I don't want to leave him. And I realized, you know, he is in the hospital. I can't like, I'm I'm not going to get into the full story, but the reason he was in the hospital wasn't the best of reasons. So I'm like, I do have an easy out right now. I can just walk away. I can just let this be the last chapter. And it was one of the scariest things that I did, leaving that comfort zone, leaving that relationship Moving from indecision into a decision. Moving from paralyzation into action. And that is one example, but I told you there's five relationships that I can think of where I felt this indecision, where I felt like the relationship was over, but I didn't want to lose the comfort that I had. And I think we do this with lots of things in our life, right? Like I don't think it's just relationships, but I wanted to talk specifically about relationships because I feel like I have a happier note (laughs) to end it on than other examples that I was thinking about. And so even even the relationships that I've been in that weren't abusive, I still looked for an easy way out. My last relationship, we broke up over leftovers. I kid you not. <laughs> so like when you're when you're in that place of it's too scary to actually make a change, sometimes you just look for that little window, that little door, that little way that you can just start and do it. And then keep that momentum going, right? So same with, I believe I've shared before, when I started exercising consistently, I was in this indecision phase for, gosh, I don't know, two years or something. I always knew how much gym memberships were everywhere around me. I looked in YouTube. Like I, I knew lots of different things that I could do, but I was in this indecision phase. I was in my comfort zone. I wasn't ready to purposely take action and make any decisions yet. So I didn't. And when I started, I just went, okay, this is easy. I just register. I just log in. And I'll just slowly just like 
go and just start. And as soon as I opened that door, as soon as I created an account with the online workouts that I use, um, I use Beachbody online workouts. As soon as I did that, I was like, okay, the decision is made. I am no longer paralyzed and not able to take action. I'm actually in this empowered place where I can move forward. And that's when I committed to my first ever program. I completed the whole dang thing. I started it on a road trip, but it took that small step first to open the door. So again, I want to bring this back to relationships just for a moment because, gosh, I've also talked to quite a few people who relate to this, this feeling of being in a relationship because it's comfortable, but not necessarily because it's what you truly feel that you're meant to be doing. And I want to shed a different angle on this concept. I am in a loving relationship right now. I'm in a great relationship. Who knows what the future holds, but I want to tell you a little bit about how my intuition guided me to the relationship that I'm in now. So I was, this guy that I'm with now, um, we were friends for a couple years, and then I ended up in a different relationship, (laughs) not with the guy that I'm with now. And again, near the end of this last relationship that I was in, I knew that it needed to end. This is the one that ended over leftovers. (laughs) I knew it needed to end. My boyfriend right now, we were not in contact. We did not really speak through this time that I was in this previous relationship. Um, And after my last relationship ended, my current boyfriend reached out to me and messaged me, which he messaged me after I had said on my Instagram stories that I was single. So I kind of reamed him out a little bit for that because he was like the fifth guy that messaged me uh, coincidentally in the like three days or something after I announced that I was single on Instagram. I was like, mm-hmm. No, not a chance. Anyway, I gave him a hard time because that's just how I roll. And I realized he actually wasn't trying to be weird or anything. He had actually just bought me a Christmas present from before, like a few years ago, before I kind of ditched him for my last boyfriend. And he just wanted to know if I wanted it. He still had it. And I thought that was pretty sweet that he had held on to it for about two years. So I agreed to meet him. Um, totally not thinking anything of it. Like I believe I was about 10, 15, gosh, maybe even 20 minutes late meeting him. We just went for a little walk and he gave me my present. And before I was going, my friend was like, I was talking to her on the phone. I'm like, I should probably go. I'm going to go see this guy. And she's like, tell me more. So I tell her a little bit more. And she's like, Stephanie, he's into you. I'm like, no, he's not, not at all. And she's like, Stephanie, he's into you. And was like, why else would he have kept a present for you for two years? And I was like, okay, touche, valid point. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there, haven't brushed my hair, haven't brushed my teeth, my face, haven't washed it, no mascara, nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like (laughs) get actually ready now. So I hung up the phone with her, met this guy quite late. And I did not want our walk to end. I did not want to leave him. I just felt such a strong pull towards him. 
And through the next few months, I just kept wanting to talk to him. I wanted to hear his voice. I really felt drawn to him. And yes, in the beginning of relationships, that's typically how you feel. But this felt very different for me. And I I started to pray and I started to say, why am I like, show me God, like, why am I so interested in this guy? Why can I not stop talking to him? And I really thought that this guy would definitely not pan out into anything. I thought it was just, you know, if anything, just kind of a nice guy who had a present for me (laughs) a few years later. But I got this very clear knowing in my intuition that this was a relationship worth pursuing. And that was the first time that I'd ever started a relationship with my intuition guiding and leading me. The first time ever. And it felt very scary, like ridiculously scary. I don't think I've ever felt so scared at the beginning of a relationship ever. My comfort zone was totally shook. I was just like jumping right outside of it. I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I have no clue where this is going to go. But I know my intuition is telling me that I need to pursue this. And we've been together for just about a year now. And I've got to say, this is the most loving, most caring, most giving a most amazing relationship that I've ever been in. And I'm only here because I chose to live on purpose, because I chose to listen to my intuition. And that's a big part of living on purpose, right? Choosing to listen to what we know is really right. Even though it would have been so much easier so much easier to ignore my intuition and go, "Mm, this guy, are you sure? (laughs) It didn't work a few years ago. I don't think it's going to work now. I don't know. I don't want to pursue this. Plus, it's going to be really hard and uh, he challenges me. No, mm -mm, I don't think so. But I did make a choice and I did listen to my intuition and it did make a big difference. So if you relate to any of this, if you relate to that indecision feeling behind living on purpose versus not living on purpose versus living by your comfort zone versus living by just that general feeling of comfort, I want you to hear loud and clear that it might be really scary to make changes and you don't have to make all the changes all at once. But when you do listen to your intuition, really big, cool, magical things can happen. And I want you to have that hope. I want you to know that you are worth and you deserve the relationship, the job, the health, whatever it is that you're craving and wanting in your life you're craving and wanting it, if it's true, if it's a real true dream for you, you're craving it because it's meant for you. And don't ignore what is meant for you. Because what is meant for you is going to be the magic that unfolds in your life. 
And when you live on purpose, when you choose to do the things that are very aligned with you, where your subconscious, your conscious, and the general consciousness are all kind of molding together and fitting into this streamline really big things do happen. I know I said that, but I really want to get this point across that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. And it's not something that can be done with just simple motivation alone. It's not something that can be done just when you're excited. It's something that needs to be continued at the front of your brain. This idea of purposefully choosing your next actions and your next steps and having those connections in your brain understand that you're going to be consciously shifting between your conscious and subconscious mind and how to do that in a way that is right and aligned for you. So my friend, there are many different examples that I could have given today. There are also loads more reasons why we don't live on purpose, but for time's sake, I'm going to leave it with these points for today. So I hope that the next time that you feel that indecision or experience that paralyzation that comes from that indecision or you start something and you're super excited and motivated and then it kind of fades off, I hope that you're able to give yourself some grace and some love and understand that honestly that's natural. That's part of the process. That's part of your body and your brain keeping you safe. And there's no point beating your up, yourself up about it. In fact, at that point, I like to think we get into what I call like this guilt shame spiral. And we have this guilt and this shame and we're just like spiraling and none of it is getting any better. And it's just really heavy and really overwhelming. And It's not necessarily the desired outcome that needs to shift. It's that guilt and shame that we need to shift first so that we can clearly see our next step and take that next step purposefully. As long as you're living in guilt and shame, it's going to be very difficult for you to live purposefully because you're always going to fill your mind with all the shoulds in your life and quotes that are your shoulds, all the things you should be doing. And, you know, living on purpose you will never, ever be living on purpose based off of a should. Shoulds do not come from your intuition. Shoulds come from other people's ideas, opinions, and perspectives about what you should be doing. Even if it's you telling yourself you should be doing something, think about it. Get curious with that thought. Is it really a thought that you truly believe or have you picked it up from somewhere else? Okay, my friend, I would love if you would let me know, shoot me a message, send me a DM on Instagram, what your biggest hang up to living on purpose is. What is the biggest reason, the biggest barrier, the biggest roadblock that you're like, gosh, 70, it sounds cool, everything you're talking about living on purpose, but it doesn't feel realistic or attainable for me because X, Y, Z. Hit me with your reasons. I would love to hear from you. I'm at stephanie.isabella underscore. I'll also post my Instagram handle in the show notes below. So you can just come on over, shoot me a message. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And I would love to hear your real roadblocks because I legitimately want to help you move forward through this series and understanding what your roadblocks are, where you're hung up, what your struggles are will really help me understand how I can best support you.
Okay. So again, if you do enjoy this podcast, please be sure to follow, leave a rating and review if you are able and so inclined and come say hello on Instagram. I also host a Living on Purpose Facebook group, you guys. Did you know that? It's a good time. It is loads of fun. I'll post the link for that in the show notes also. Thanks for coming. See you next time and may God bless you.